You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to OKC82 for the first time in what seems like five years. Yeah, but it's what? It's been over, is it three weeks, Madison, or four weeks? So tomorrow is officially three weeks. Gosh, this has been so, this has been so slow going. It has. It feels like it's been months. Yeah, um, obviously, we didn't have a podcast for the Thunder and the Jazz uh, because there was no game. Even though we did a post-game show, um, I dropped the ball and didn't think about letting Matt Burton, our producer, know, like, hey, maybe we should record this uh, for the podcast purposes because that didn't really seem important at the time. Yeah. And it's been it's been some you know it's been almost three weeks and the uh, podcast feed is just kind of it's, it's like you know like in cartoons when someone opens up their wallet and a little moth flies out yeah <laughs> that's what it's looking like right now and we love our listeners we appreciate them so uh, I figured that we would just put some stuff out there just some fun stuff maybe some reflections on the thunder this season but uh, Madison, how how goes quarantining for you? Because you're 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 at home, not not yeah. NATO. You're at home. Yeah, so I am here in Oklahoma City. I have a roommate, and so I thankfully have someone to like hang out with every day. Um, but yeah, quarantine has been very morose, almost, just because I know a lot of people think, "Oh, that's great," you know, get to sit inside and watch movies and do whatever you want all day. But after about two days that gets really bored and really lonely and I, I just don't like it um but it's fine I still go on walks I will occasionally go out and get like some coffee and that's pretty much it but I've watched a lot of movies I feel like I've officially caught up on sleep and I have read some books I've played some games and I have gone to visit my family so it's been chill but like Brady said it's uh wow it's going by slow yeah, the, the first thing I thought of when, you know, we started like drawing lines in the sand of like, what's an essential business, what isn't. And thankfully, you know, sports media or just media in general, you know, uh, we're able to still do our jobs. The franchise is still able to be on air, which is a great thing. Yeah. Um, but I was also kind of like, I think one of the first things that popped in my head at least was, is Starbucks an essential business? Because I don't know what Madison's going to do if she can't get her strawberry ICE refresher with light water. Right. Am I right? <laughs> I, yes, exactly. Um, yeah. And so I have discovered something new. I've discovered an iced coffee with three pumps of vanilla and half and half. Thank you to my sister Meredith. I was going to say, is that Meredith's influence? Yes, Yes. it is because I don't drink a lot of coffee and she kind of got me hooked on that and it's a lot cheaper than what I normally get. So, (laughs) uh, so thank goodness for that. But yeah, um, I'm with you, Brady. That's the first thing I thought about was, oh my gosh, am I going to be without Starbucks for like a month? Because I will probably murder somebody but oh the oh oh, the luxuries of life that's the the hard thing um i feel like such a brat for saying that but honestly like no i mean it's it's true it's um i think i think it goes without saying there are more important things to worry about there are more important things to be concerned with and even though this is a sports podcast um we're not going to waste 10 minutes of your time to just go like hey we know we want basketball back, but there are other things out there that we need to be concerned with. Like that goes without saying. So yeah. like, I guess indulge us when we uh, complain about not being able to go to uh, like Starbucks and walk inside or go just do normal things. But I will say the one business who has been preparing for this moment forever. Can you guess who it is? Sonic. Sonic. <laughs> Sonic's like it's, what? It's like, I know they just woke up and they're like, this is our, this is our time. Be like this. We've been doing this all along. Like we told you, suckers, just leave them in the car. Don't let them come inside your restaurant. We should have listened. We should have listened to Sonic. That's our bad. Sonic. I went there yesterday. Um. Uh, well. Um. There is some good basketball news, Madison. Did you see that uh, the Last Dance documentary is um going to be released early? The one uh, yeah. with Michael Jordan. Yeah, I'm really pumped about that. Just because, first of all, I love a good sports doc, and I think that's been one that a lot of people have been looking forward to. It's been uh, something they've been hyping up for a lot. So yeah, what what they say, April nineteenth. Yeah, yeah. It was supposed to come. I think really it was. It. I think it was supposed to come out in June, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And yeah, so it's going to be fun because pretty much everybody that's a sports fan, not maybe maybe not even a basketball fan, 
everybody who just likes sports is probably going to be watching it because there's nothing really else to do, obviously. And we're all going to be tweeting about it. So it's kind of going to feel like we're all watching the same game. And it's going to feel like kind of normal life at the same time. Like people are going to be bitching about like, why is this guy in this? Or like uh, (laughs) Jordan played against like guys working at grocery grocery stores. Like LeBron's better, you know, just stuff like that. So, I mean, that'll be fun. That'll be really fun. I'm excited for it. Just a good sports documentary. Like I love basketball, so I'm really excited about that. Um, Obviously, I was not – super keen on the sport of basketball yet when Michael Jordan was in his prime because I was just very, very young. You was a uh, child. I'm excited to watch it. Me too. I'm just, it's normal. It sounds, it sounds normal. So I'm excited for that, but yes. oh man, I just, it's so hard. Like I miss basketball so much, but kind of what you said earlier, that's kind of the first thing that I noticed like within the first week of the season being uh, postponed at this point was, man, I was tired. <laughs> Because yeah. getting oh sleep gosh. and being able to sleep in on some days and going to sleep a little bit earlier, not having like the stress of got to go to practice the next morning or yeah. um, we got to go to a game and stay there for 12 hours, you know, stuff like that. I'm just like, wow, I was ex- extremely exhausted. Yeah, no, same here. And it's kind of weird because like I haven't been doing what a lot of people maybe think that is okay to do right now. You know, like we don't have anything to do, so I'm going to stay up all night and then just sleep all day. Like, I've still been going to bed around like 10 o'clock, like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And then I'll wake up at like eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning. And like, I had a full night of rest and then I don't have anything to do. So if I'm like tired later on, I can take a nap. Like I kid you not, I am so caught up on rest. Like I feel so much better and yeah, but I haven't really been trying to like, I don't know, mess up my schedule too much with sleeping just because I think that's going to help a lot if I just like keep going to bed on time. So that's what I've been doing. Like I'm probably going to call it quits tonight at like 1030. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Before we get to like the main point of the pod uh, for this one, I'll just ask you this right off the bat. If let's just say the NBA is able to figure out a way where they can come back, how hard is it going to be for you? Like personally, just to like, just turn on a dime and just, okay, now it's time to co cover thunder basketball again it's it's there's gonna be a part of me that's gonna be like i need to refresh like who, who are these guys again like what are their names <laughs> what are their names Who's what, are they, what do they sound like i feel <laughs> yeah, like the first the first time we're in a scrum with billy donovan i might just give him a hug and just be like i missed you so much Hi, Billy. <laughs> you 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 represent so much more than what like you just as a coach of the thunder you just represent normalcy in my my job so i'm just gonna hug you i'm sorry like, hug it out buddy don't ask questions. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> if that were something to happen or were be something to happen, um, that'd be so awesome. But yeah, it would definitely take a little bit of maybe like some time to readjust to all of that. Just because I know three weeks is really not a long time, but uh, what we've been saying, it seems like a lot longer. And so, yeah, we would definitely have to readjust. I kid you not, if I had to like show up to a game, whether they let us in or not, I don't know. But like, if I had to show up to a game, you'd probably catch me yawning a million times because I'd be so out of whack and be like, oh, I don't even know like what the heck I'm doing right now. So yeah, it might take a little bit of time to like ease back into it, but I would love to ease back into that right now. That would be amazing. I miss work so much. I know. Um, that That's the thing about like, what's kind of tricky about this. Now, all that being said, like there's health and safety and cons- health concerns, of course, like before we even get into the conversation of the NBA coming back. But I just don't know how you can guarantee that the product would be good because you have to give these, you have to give the players like a, an amount of time to get back into game shape because like, yeah. When, whenever whenever one player gets hurt, no matter how good they are, like when they miss signif- a significant amount of time and they come back into the lineup, it takes them a few games just to be right. normal again because you can't replicate game reps. You can't replicate game speed. Even like you can sprint as much as you want to. You can be on the treadmill as much as you want to. It's a different animal. So if the NBA just decides, okay, we're going to start on June 1st and not have like any regular season games like or exhibition games or practices leading up to it, and I would assume that they would, but like, it's going to be awful. Like some great teams, like the Lakers or the Clippers or the Bucks, if that happens, you know, there's a likelihood that they suck and then lose yeah. like four or five games in a row. And it's like, well, this wouldn't have happened if the season didn't get postponed, which kind of just throws me into the mindset of like, just call it like, there's yeah. no need. Like, I don't know how you can guarantee that everybody is on the same page at the same level that they would have been around this time. Uh, let alone the health concerns and then yeah and then not even having fans be able to come to the games it's just I think it's just too much 
just call it. No, I completely agree. And I've kind of changed my opinions throughout the past couple of weeks just on, yeah, like bring it back. I think uh, that'd be great for these guys to get back into the swing of things. And then, yeah, that might mess up a little bit of it later on, but who cares? Like these guys are professionals. They can do it. But now I've kind of come to the mindset of no, like I, it would be bad basketball for one. It would just be kind of all over the place because so many of them have actually gotten sick. They've been around people who have been sick. And so it'd kind of be like, so do you let guys like Marcus Smart and all of them come back in, even though they are cured, like they've been cleared and everything, but it's still weird saying like, Hey, you actually have this. And like, I don't know. I think it would just be a mess. And so, yeah, probably no fans. I don't know if media would be allowed. It would just be so different that I'm like, how about we just all wrap this up, kind of get everybody back and healthy back to feeling like they did before the season went to shambles and just uh, restart it the next season. So give these guys some time to just get back into the swing of things, have, have like an opportunity go off and like keep working out go enjoy your summer a little bit because everyone's been sequestered in the house so yeah just come back reconvene and then we'll just focus on football right now like yeah. I think the NBA should just be finished I would, ra- I would rather there be a lost season than the Pacers winning the NBA championship in some <laughs> in some weird like accelerated format and then some team that would have no chance of winning it if this had never happened wins the NBA championship I would hate to look back like 10 years from now and go that 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 doesn't count so just call yeah. it so yeah I feel like everybody would agree with that because if a team came out of nowhere and just destroyed like a good team like the Lakers the Clippers like any of those that would just be like okay well good for you guys but it I think it takes away from that team's like chance of actually like living in the glory of it because yeah I mean came back from this mass pandemic down the entire nation and so coming back I think it would just take away from it so I yeah just wrap it up and like just go to off season and forget about this season like this that sucks for these teams like uh that were doing really well before all of this went to mass chaos but I mean I think this season just needs to table and uh come back later wrap it up kids all right so on that note Madison um if the season is canceled what what, what are some final thoughts about this team like Okay, at some point when life does return to normal, and let's say that the 2019-20 season was just ultimately scrapped, how will we look back on this Thunder team? Now, I don't know how much, like, I don't even want to go down the rabbit hole of how does this affect, like, future, like, whenever basketball does return, how does that affect, like, Chris Paul's future? How does that affect the Thunder's ability to sign and trade Danilo Gallinari? That's just, that's too much right now. Yeah. Um, So let's just assume 10 years from now, like, so much has happened or five years from now how do we look back on this thunder team um you know just the, their final game being the win on the road against the boston celtics uh surprising a lot of people and of course the game that ultimately got postponed against the jazz that was for at the time uh the four seed in the western conference and nobody would have thought that the oklahoma city thunder would have a had chris paul and danilo gallinari that late into the season and b be fighting for that level of playoff seeding so um, I, I guess before we get to, before we get to you, I, I would just say really quickly, this team was not going to go to the Western Conference Finals. If right. they did, it would be one of the more shocking miracles in basketball history. So, in a weird way, if this is how the season ends, it's kind of I think it's kind of a little beautiful ending for this Thunder team because at some point they were going to get bounced. Yeah, and considering expectations from the off season, considering the level of talent on the roster. I think if the last memory that I have of this team is that road win against the Celtics and all the emotion that happened with Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, all the guys on the team, how much it meant to them. If that's how it ends, I think that I think that's a beautiful ending. Yeah, I mean, I'm completely on board with you just because I think a lot of people, they were very skeptical of this team coming in just because it didn't have Russell Westbrook. It didn't have Paul George. It didn't have pretty much someone who... Jeremy Grant. Yeah, Jeremy <laughs> Grant is my favorite player, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's just so much had changed for this Thunder team that I think at the very beginning of the season, people just were not on board with it. But obviously, the Thunder is a big deal here in Oklahoma City. So Oklahomans, of course, were still going to be excited to see what could happen. There was a lot of potential there, but no one was truly excited to see how far this team could go because they just didn't believe in them. And so, yeah, I mean, with this pretty much being like, I don't, I highly doubt the NBA will come up. Obviously, what do I know? But if this is how this Thunder season is going to end with this team and the guys that Oklahoma City got to watch all season long, I think Thunder fans should be pretty pleased with it because we already talked about this way before the coronavirus started becoming a hot topic. 
but this team has already exceeded a lot of expectations. They were super exciting for people to eventually start piling into Chesapeake after a while and start watching. And they just had little hidden gems every single game. I mean, Nerland Snowball would have a big game. Danilo Gallinari would have a big game. It wasn't just, oh, Russell Westbrook and Paul George had a great game. Like, obviously, they're going to. They did every time. So it's like every single person on this team kind of had a little highlight throughout the entire season. And so I think Thunder fans should be pleased because, obviously, what Brady said, they're not going to the conference finals. They're not, you know, they're not competing for an NBA title. But they were fun. Like, they gave everybody a show. They were exciting to keep up with, even off the court. And, I mean, they did great things in the community. They did great things on the court together. They had a street. And so I think people should just be pleased that, hey, we got to watch good basketball here in Oklahoma City. Obviously, like, it didn't work out for anyone this season because of the pandemic. But, hey, at least we had a fun team with good guys and people who represented this community really well. So, yeah, I mean, I'm overall very pleased with how they did. And if that – last we saw of this team yeah like they did great it was fun yeah and like that's not to say that if the season kind of went along like normal and the thunder eventually just get beat in the first or the second round I mean I don't know depending on the matchup maybe the second round but whenever they get beat in in the in these playoffs they're probably going to be dominated to say the least just because the talent gap is just going to be too much who knows what the hell status is of certain players I mean Chris Paul is always going to be a question mark when you're getting into the postseason I mean he's been fantastic this year with his health and his ability to play every game except for that one that he missed uh, due to uh, mourning Kobe's death against the Mavericks Um, that was phenomenal but who knows how Danilo Gallinari holds up who knows to what extent Darius Baisley is able to return uh, from his injury, because he was about a, a few days away, actually. I was kind of expecting him back, I think, that Friday yeah. um, when the Thunder, after the Jazz game, I was expecting him back fairly soon. Um, so there were still a lot of question marks. So if the Thunder did get dominated out of the playoffs, I don't think I would still look back on this team with a bad taste in my mouth, because that would just be like, well, of course that happens. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't expect them to do much. Um, when you look back at the Russell Westbrook teams, the reason why a lot of those memories are kind of so connected to their playoff exits is because we had expectations for those teams. And so when they get bounced by Utah or bounced by Portland, it's like, yep, that's, that's all you need to know about that team. Yeah. Whatever, whatever this Thunder team did in the postseason was only going to add to add to their legacy in a positive way. It wasn't going to give me any negative effects. So I'm not trying to say that if it went along, that's all I would think of, but I think that there is something kind of cool that the last moment we got to see was, uh, Chris Paul trapping or mainly <laughs> uh, mainly uh, like he trapped himself Chris Paul just <laughs> Chris Paul was just there and then Dennis Schroeder got the steal um, got the gets the layup and gets the win in Boston so um, I mean I don't know if I'm a Thunder fan that's just kind of cool and I think yeah. this team will kind of withstand the test of time in terms of like the short term it's a good foundation for Shea and all the young guys so I mean who knows maybe all this alters the Thunder's plan so much so that Chris Paul is a part of the short long term for all we know who knows hey who knows because now they've been through hell and back with this team I mean they've taken some bad losses like the Milwaukee game and then they've taken some really exciting wins like uh, the Celtics game and then the Denver game and just different games like that. Like they've been through it all together. And so, I mean, obviously this is going to be a weird season for every single franchise that they're going to look back on. But I think if you're a Thunder fan, but you're also part of the Thunder organization, you look back on the season you're like, wow, that was really memorable because what they did was they took a bunch of different pieces and they threw it together and they made something pretty incredible out of it. And so you know, if you look beyond basketball at this season, it's kind of a cool thing just to say that, hey, that's a key piece in Thunder history with uh, Russell Westbrook, and they still made such an incredible season out of it. And so, yeah, it didn't go to the end. Who knows what would have happened uh, in the playoffs. But, I mean, this is kind of a cool season just to look back on and be like, hey, they really made it work even after – Russell Westbrook left like that was a big for everybody but they made it work they did something really great with the guys that they were given and pretty much the hand they were dealt and so that's just how I look back on it obviously like Brady and I were not Thunder fans or anything but we did cover the team and so it's just cool to see in a basketball aspect like what they could do with a bunch of different pieces and just put them all together and see what they can create and they developed really strong court chemistry they developed this really good brotherhood here in Oklahoma City it was 
it was just kind of cool to see like the way they talked about each other. If we were ever in a scrum or at a community event, you know, they would sing each other's praises and it was just, it's kind of cool just to see that out of one organization. I'm sure others do that too, but you know, it was, it was nice seeing Chris Paul come in here and kind of enlighten these guys. It was cool seeing Steven Adams step up and be a leader for like as someone who had been part of the Thunder for a long time. It was cool seeing Shay evolve and evolve as just a young guy who is supposed to lead this, you know, team in the future. Yeah. And then it was just cool to see other guys just get their key opportunities here and there. And so, yeah, it was honestly, but it was just cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess for the next topic, I wanted to do like basically play player grades, but I wanted to do it in kind of a little bit of a unique way. Let's just pick four random players. So um, how we're going to do this is I'll say a player first and then you go and then you can pick a different player and then I will grade them and then back and forth twice if that makes sense. So um, no. I guess my random player for you would be, uh, let's just start with what could have been the sixth man of the year. Um, and it'll be interesting, like if the NBA does cancel the season, do they still like, um, because like uh, college basketball still rewarded like postseason awards, like they gave out coach of the year awards and stuff like yeah. that. So I wonder if the NBA is just going to scrap it all together or if they do cancel the season, just go, okay, well, let's everybody vote for six man of the year so that we can have some benchmarks to look back on in this season. In yeah. which case, Dennis Schroeder had like his Heisman moment in the final oh, game God. that the Thunder played. So um, Dennis Schroeder um, compared, like, let, let's say, what in your opinion changed the most from his first year at the Thunder last season to this year? And then what are your overall thoughts on him? I thought that obviously I, I want to say his talent is obviously what changed and his confidence did too, but it's more of like his craftiness and his ability to feed off the other guys on the court is what really changed for me. Just because I, obviously he was a great player last year, but he was behind Russell Westbrook. And I definitely don't want to say that Russell was a hindrance to uh, Dennis development or or anything but it's like having Chris Paul being as vocal as he was and as encouraging you know he would just like get with those guys and make them feel more of like hey like I've got your back you are my friend instead of just like barking orders at them I thought that is the biggest thing for Dennis because he got really crafty he really stepped into a role of hey when I come off the bench I'm going to come off firing instead of just ease into it and kind of uh, pick up wherever was left off like Dennis would come off the bench and he would basically just start a whole new game. And it was incredible just because like, I loved when Dennis would come off the bench because he would just immediately be this firecracker that would just put shots up and, you know, be really aggressive and grab rebounds and really dish the ball out very well. And so my biggest thing with Dennis is that, yeah, it was his confidence that changed, but I think he just, he learned more of his role this season because he was more allowed to. And so I would, oh my gosh, I would rate him so high. Are we doing like ABC or like how, how do you want me to grade him? Oh yeah, we can do ABCs. Okay. I would give Dennis a solid like B plus almost in this uh, just because like there were different, there were just like a few games throughout the season where I feel like Dennis obviously had a little bit of a dip and he was a little hot headed at times. And so I think there were so many opportunities he could have taken, but I think he just got in his own head a little bit because he has you know kind of like a court temper not saying that he's like a bad tempered person but you know everyone kind of has like a court temper where they lose their cool and they're not able to really yeah. uh, execute what you need to and so I think Dennis he still has like that tendency to get in his head a little bit but he was just oh he was heads and shoulders above where he was last season in my opinion as part of the thunder and so when you're able to keep climbing in your organization which is something I always said Jeremy Grant did when he was here if you're able to keep climbing with the team that you on rather than you know dwell in like a past team or like look forward and hope to be traded and stuff like that and I mean that says so much about you and so I really think Dennis he took on his role this season he took it seriously and he did a great job yeah not like if the Thunder were going to do anything if they were going to make a dent in the playoffs they would ha have to have had Dennis Schroeder not have a bad game basically like um he he didn't really ever have bad games but the dips that you were talking about we got so accustomed to him like scoring damn near 20 points a game yeah. so that those games where he was scoring 11 to 13 points and the Thunder would lose those games, it was always something kind of easy to like point to. It's like, well, I mean, that's why a big, a big part of their scoring punch just didn't show up and have a good game tonight. Yeah. So if the Thunder were going to get out of the first round, Dennis Schroeder was going to have a heavy hand in that. And if 
we got to ultimately see that, I think that's where, like, I agree with the B plus because I was waiting for, like, to give him an A, like, he would have to do something in the playoffs consistently. Yeah. And that's always the question mark with Dennis because he's so streaky. But this year he's been anything but streaky because those dips have been few and far between. But I'll, I'll agree with the B plus. So yeah. who is your player now? Um, my random player I'm going to throw out there is, uh, let's do Abdul Nader. Oh, oh gosh. You <laughs> threw me a curveball. Gosh, Abdul Nader. Um, I think the most telling thing about Abdul Nader this year is when Darius Baisley gets hurt, and I don't have it, uh, I don't have it off the top of my head how often he played or how many minutes he played in reserve in a reserve role to um, um, when Darius was out, because it was either him or Hami, and sometimes it was both of them on the floor at the same time with Terrence Ferguson. You know, Billy just threw out a lot of weird lineups. That's what he does. That's what smart yeah. coaches do when they're short. Uh, uh, dependable rotational guy you just got to see what works basically um the thunder's defense didn't fall off the map because Darius Baisley was hurt but there was a significant drop the thunder were still winning games because their offense is pretty damn good mm -hmm. uh, but their defense was really starting to hemorrhage a lot of points um not necessarily like big time points not necessarily like in like a bad half here or a bad game there but just slowly but surely it was starting to just grow and grow and grow and grow and a lot of it was just because Darius wasn't there and because they had to rely on Abdul Nader a lot more. And so when you can't play Abdul Nader in situations like where you need shooting and you have to rely on him for him as a basketball player, and that includes putting the ball on the floor offensively, moving the ball offensively, and then defense. Yeah, your number's going to drop. So my thing with Abdul is you can he's really only situational. He kind of reminds me of Anthony Morrow with the Thunder, and most of that was just because – Anthony Morrow was just older in his career and you couldn't play him that much. He just wasn't, he didn't have the athleticism anymore. So, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, Abdul Nader, like D plus C minus just something yeah. around there because never really put together a few good games in a row when he had the opportunities to, and he's just too much of a liability on defense. So yeah. uh, I, I just, I don't look at, I never looked at him as a part of the future moving forward. I always looked at him as they'll either just let him walk when the contract goes up or they'll throw him in as a trade asset because other teams love shooting and he's appealing in that respect. So, um, yeah, nothing really to write home about with Abdul Nader. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I was probably going to – I wanted to give him a C-, minus, but now I'm thinking that's, like, a little too optimistic because my biggest thing with Abdul is that I admired his, like – desire to be super athletic and to be very fiery when he was called upon. And so that's exactly what they've been saying all the time is Chris Paul's always saying, Hey, if I give you the ball, like I trust you shoot the ball, just keep shooting, never give up your confidence. Like if you have the opportunity, please take it because I mean, it's better than just passing it out and not getting anything done. Yeah. And so that's what I liked about uh, Abdul Nader is when he would come in, he would have these spurts where he would just, like really driving. He was fearless and he just wanted to, you know, put those points on the board. He wanted to be the guy to do it. And I, I like that, but it was almost like, okay, you didn't quite think about it well enough because there were so many, you know, there was an open guy over here. There was an empty hole right here and you kind of just ran into a swarm and it came up as like an empty possession. And so my biggest thing with Abdul is I don't think he necessarily got the concept of like, let me let me kind of feel out what's around me before I take that attempt because then it just came up like completely empty and it was oh you know the Thunder really needed that that could have been a really key shot for them they could have they really needed that possession and so yeah I like when Abdul Nader would get hot and he would keep doing it because that shows confidence and I appreciate it but it was more of a uh, I don't know I, I I don't think he planned that out well enough for him and yeah. so it made him kind of appear to be in the bad spotlight as like a guy who was just like, what is this guy doing? And it's like, no, like I get what he was going for, but I don't think he felt the floor out well enough for it. So yeah, like Abdul Nader, I would at least give him like a C plus, but yeah, that's probably just me being a little too nice right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sorry, Abdul. Sorry, Abdul. May, may have been a, may have been a friend of the pod if the season kept going, but um, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Who you got next? Or is it my uh, turn? Oh, wait, no, it's, it's, your turn. It, it's yeah. my turn. Yes. Um, okay. So let us say, well, we did a big player. We did a small player. So let's do uh, a big player. Danilo Gallinari. Ooh, I would give Danilo Gallinari an A minus. 
And that is because Gallo was so just like, he was so smooth. I, I, I think I said this to you guys like a million times throughout the season, but I loved how relaxed and composed he was every single time he got out there because he would just, you know, drain shots all the time. He always kind of found his spot on the floor that worked for him and he took it with confidence and he really went and ran with it. And so I liked the way that Gallo was able to flow into this rotation and kind of develop these guys trust. And so they would keep feeding him the ball because he kept proving, you know, like I can be a reliable shooter. I can be that guy that hits those shots for you. And so that's, I've always said like this team, the past couple of years that I've been covering the Thunder, they need a guy who is just the shooter, like someone who can post up pretty much wherever, nail those shots, like feed confidence into this, uh, into this team just to keep going forward in this game. And that's exactly what Gallo did for this team. Like I really felt like he just, he continually proved like, Hey, I, I'm the guy, like I got this. I am going to ensure confidence in you guys, even if we're down, like just keep feeding me the ball. I'm going to make the shot. And so I really liked his offense. And that was my biggest thing for Gallo. And just, I mean, he's a cool dude. He uh, would always just remain very composed on the court. And I think that's so great especially if you are being a guy that shoots a lot and so Gallo really receives an A minus for me and I mean it's there's always room for improvement for him and I mean there's still different games here and there that you know Gallo would just be eh. but he always was kind of a high scoring machine he was always present when he was there um yeah so he would just get an A minus for me just because I thought he put forth a lot of effort and he did it very professionally and just consistently yeah, the thing with Gallo is always going to be like whenever his defensive liability showed up, and that was going to show up in the postseason. But the biggest thing with him was like we we know the opponent is going to exploit him in some way, but you have to just do so much on the other end, whether it be offensively or just not hemorrhage points so much on defense that it they can no longer really go to it consistently. Like when Melo was here, that's all the Jazz would do. They would just they would pinpoint Mello and go after him because he could do nothing. He couldn't move. He couldn't move laterally. He couldn't bend over. He couldn't do anything. Um, so the thing with Gallo is like, yeah, that's probably going to be the first thing that the opponent starts to exploit. And that's what keeps him from being an A plus. But if he goes into the postseason and just lights it up from, you know, from deep and is able to play, you know, the amount of time that he's, you know, been able to play, you know, 25 plus minutes a game, uh, 30, 30 plus minutes a game. If he's able to do that, then he gets an A plus. But yeah, I mean, A minus just because we don't get to see a postseason. Gallo, more times than not, is the Thunder's best half court offensive player, and it's not even close. I mean, even more than Shea, who who's leading the team in scoring. Like Gallo is just so. If if he's open and Chris Paul found him, he was draining that shot. It was just yeah. incredible. So yeah, no, for sure. Um, I'm going to give you, it's kind of still a big player, but I kind of just wanted to talk about him. So I was going to give you Steven Adams. That's a good, it's a good one to go to just because man, his highs were really good this Mm -hmm. season. His lows were really, really bad. But I think that that's just kind of the reality with Steven Adams. Um, I think going back to the 2016 Western conference finals, you know, he'd been in the league for two years and he played exceptionally well. Um, he's, not a floor stretching center by any means offensively, but he's kind of a floor stretching center in that if he gets switched onto a guard, he's athletic enough that you can live with that matchup. Like he's probably still going to get beat, but he's by no means like a statue. Like Steven Adams is athletic. He's incredibly smart. He's the defensive anchor of the team. Um, so he can stretch the floor in that respect. But, you know, after that Western Conference Finals, I think we all expected him to take a meteoric rise and be maybe a fringe all-star, basically be what Rudy Gobert became, where Rudy Gobert is making all-star teams, mainly because of his defensive prowess, but also because he can finish lobs, you know, he can bring some stuff off the pick and roll. Steven Adams is certainly capable of that. Well, Steven never really got to that point, and I think we were all kind of lost in this, like, what exactly is he? Um, Is he plateauing? I thought he plateaued two seasons ago. Um, and I think it's just the simple fact of the matter is he's not going to really ever be a fringe all-star, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to be a high level player. Um, Steven is always probably going to be hurt. He's always going to be dealing with something just because he's seven feet tall. He moves, he's huge. He moves quickly. He does so much for the Thunder defensively and Billy Donovan, um, basically electing to say, we're going to drop you in coverage this season instead of having you go up high, you know, like. 
and certain opponents we will like when Steph Curry's out there, or Dame's out there. Sure, we'll go. We'll go send you up there to go like pressure them at the top of the key. But for the most part, we're basically going to load manage you on the floor. It, I think it, of course, worked out for the Thunder's defense. It worked out for Stephen Adams um, in the long term because of how much he does. So you know he's he's always going to be dealing with the back. He's always going to be dealing with some leg thing. And like I said a few times on the podcast, he's never really going to be a hundred percent. But if he's close to 100%, he's a great player. If yeah. he is anywhere below like 85, 80%, like dealing with an ankle or dealing with a knee, yeah, he's not going to really be able to bring you that much, even on defense, just because, you know, he's, he's got a lot of body. Yeah. So I guess throwing all that together, if I had to give him a grade, I'll give him, like, if we're doing minus and then, like, let's say B. So, like, B minus B, B plus that's how we're doing this. I'll give him a B just because his highs were really good. His lows were really low. So it kind of balances out to a B. Yeah. I was going to actually say like a B minus, um, which is pretty much in the same category. It's just a regular B just because, yeah, I, I like how Steven Adams, he came out a little bit more electric this season than he did last because yeah, I think last season he was especially like his highs were, you know, and eh, good, like good for him. And his lows were just terrible. And what Brady just finished saying Whenever he would have a great game and he was really on his game, it was fantastic. It was so exciting to watch Steven Adams just become this really great player that everyone knew he could be and just slam it down, really have some good plays, and just be the monster that everyone says he is out there on the court. Like, that's really exciting. But then again, like, he would still kind of have those games where it was like, what is Steven doing? There were plenty of times we were sitting in the press box just saying, what is Steven doing? And, like, it's fine. Every guy is going to have their games like that. And, I mean, Brady just said it. He's a giant man who's going to be dealing with injury because he's got a lot of body. And so, you know, he takes a lot of the rut down there. And I think Billy Donovan said it last season in a scrum that Steven is the guy that pretty much does all the dirty work that other guys don't have to do. So that's why he's banged up. He's always being, you know, crashed into. He does a lot of that dirty work down there. And so, you know, he's a great player. He's very reliable. He's very, uh, you know, he's just – he's the kind of player that you want on your team just because he is able to clean it up under the rim. And so he's always been so great about uh, grabbing rebounds and really passing it out. He has great court vision. It's just, I want to see Steven Adams. And I mean, this is no knock in his talent whatsoever, but I want to see Steven Adams kind of live up to how he, how he kind of used to be back in, uh, I don't even know. It was when I first started covering the team. I just remember thinking like, man, this guy's so good. He's so dominant. And then, he just slowly has been like dipping a little bit, but obviously dealing with bad knees and bad ankles and all that, uh, all that jazz is going to get to you. But yeah, so I would give Steven Adams just a B minus, which is still a great grade for him just because he's such a great player. He's loved on this team. He's loved in this community and uh, as a part of this franchise. And so Steven Adams is still a great player. He just is always going to have to deal with uh, being a little banged up and that's okay. What a shame. Well, I mean, having a pandemic hit and then postpone the season for an extended period of time ultimately could end up canceling it. I mean, that will help out Steven Adams because he'll get plenty of rest. He's probably like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, no. And I, this will be something that we can talk about on a ne another podcast, but how does this affect Billy Donovan? Like, I just want to throw that out there, you know, for us to kind of mm -hmm. think about, for the listeners to think about, because, you know, this was his contract year. I mean, I expected Billy to get a contract extension, but I mean, what does this do? Like so much can change and yeah. it's, we can't really predict any of it. So let's talk about it on a future um, segment. Yeah. Um, but Madison, the other fun thing I wanted us to do was just to basically ask each other like three silly questions, just okay. any random questions. Um, maybe, I don't know, because our listeners and people on Twitter and people that listen to the franchise, they know us but they only know like a certain part of us because like we bring them thunder coverage. Cool. Yeah. So I just want to give both of us an opportunity to maybe like show off other things about us. Cause it's not just basketball, 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 basketball. But right. having said that, um, I will go first. Okay. Having, having said all that, I'm basically just going to ask you a basketball question of, of the um, let's see. It's just a silly, stupid, general, like not even thinking hard question. But what is, if you had to pick one moment out just to repeat in your head, if you had to go back in time, like to this season, like covering the Thunder, um, whether it be like talking to a player or just doing coverage, stupid shit with us, you know, you, you or me or me and the rest of the gang, 
what's the one moment that you think fondly of of this season? Oh, um, gosh, you know, it's so funny because I, A, have the worst memory ever and B, feel like it was five years ago. So I'm like searching the archives of my brain. Um, I really would say that um, when we were doing all of those like funny videos with Connor Iubi, who's no longer with us because he's in Australia. Yeah, which prayers um, for Connor, like he's in a different country and he's in a part of the world that's you know, you know, affected by it, you know, in the same level that we are starting to get to now. So I hope Connor's okay. Oh, love Connor. I would say that I really enjoyed, um, we started like, you know, making funny videos with like turtlenecks and, uh, we always had Connor along and then obviously Ryan and Christine came in and stuff like that. So I guess like I'm doing a bad job of pinpointing just one little moment, but I will say that I loved when we were, really hot with like all the turtlenecks and like guys are wearing turtlenecks. And so that was like always so fun to just kind of like pick that out and uh, make fun and like funny videos with stuff like that. Yeah. And then I loved um, all of the community events that you and I got to go to kind of at the start of the season because people kept talking about like, Hey, like this season is going to be fun. And guys were kind of getting hyped up and like season, I mean, it had already started, but it was still very new and everything was kind of like all over the place still, but we were going to different like little schools and doing uh just different events here and there and like the swings with Lou Dort and just I love doing stuff like that because it's it's like you're still in the whole basketball environment but you're like doing something a little different and you get to use your creativity with it and oh, so yeah. I love stuff like that and so that whole like era of this season like I don't even know how to say that correctly it's all good that was that was probably my favorite. I thought it was fun. It was fun. I miss it already. I miss it too. Okay, my second question. Hmm. You need to explain. You need to explain to people that listen to the podcast, but maybe don't listen to the franchise. Whenever the Russian thing comes up, I need you to oh, explain God. why certain people think that you're from Russia or that you're a spy. So go. So I, I don't know what like initially started this, but I know that we were talking about like a movie or a song or something on our Thunder Insider show that like everybody, Oh, I know the BC Clark, uh, yeah, the, the BC Clark That's, jingle. Yes. The BC Clark jingle is what started all because I had never heard it. And I've lived in Oklahoma my entire life. And, like, I had never heard the B.C. Clark jingle. I had no idea what that was about. And they were playing it as, like, kind of a funny little bumper music coming back from a segment on the Thunder Insider show that we do on Saturday. And I was like, I don't know what this is. And Jerry and John were like, how do you not know what this is? Every person knows what this is. Like, everyone. And so they came up with this, like, idea that I was a Russian spy because I just <laughs> like things that normal people like here yeah and um i also don't like ice cream i don't like cake i don't drink soda you I, recently it, you recently didn't like until recently didn't like coffee yeah it's true i didn't like coffee and so they were like you're not american then because i didn't like any of the stuff that normal people like and so uh, i don't like donuts and that was another thing jerry always brought donuts and he would like make fun of me because i just don't like donuts and so he uh, came up with this idea that I was a Russian spy and he named me Natasha. And so I kind of went along with it because now people like actually think I'm Russian and it's kind of as I'm not at all. I don't have any cool nationality. So, <laughs> and that's uh, how Madison became a Russian spy named Natasha. There you go. And it actually got put on in the spot, spotlight tonight with you um, going pretty far okay. in Chisholm and Sam's, uh, like franchise death match bracket like you made did you make the final four i did i beat out by gabe finals but i was in the sales and she then i thought i would make it they had me getting killed by dylan dylan buckingham from kfor i don't know about that one come on now well, first of all they they had me they had me beating jesse stone which that shocked me i, I figured they would be like oh yeah jesse would like jesse's kind of a ninja she would have killed me um, but it's like, if I'm going to get by Jesse, then surely I get by Dylan, but whatever. I'll, <laughs> I think, I think I'm on with them tomorrow. So I'll, I'll complain about it then. So. Nice. There you go. 
for my final question, Madison. Do you prefer Portland Myers Leonard or South Beach Myers Leonard? South Beach. And why? I don't even have to think about it because he's Tanner. Oh. He he wears more shirtless – or not shirtless. uh, I mean (laughs) – <laughs> he wears more sleeveless shirts, and so I can uh, see those guns. Oh, yeah. So definitely South Beach Myers Leonard. And, hey, Portland Myers Leonard was good, too, because he wore, like, flannel and, like, tight jeans and boots. And it kind of, like, is hot. <laughs> but now he goes shirtless because he's in Miami. So I'm like, this is a win-win. Okay, so, well, bonus South question. Beach. My bonus question then, when was the first moment where you realized, like, when you saw Myers Leonard and thought, that's, that's my husband? um so i was watching a trailblazers game i think it was my first season covering the thunder and the blazers came to oklahoma city holy smokes that guy (laughs) is extremely attractive and yeah that's it was love at first sight (laughs) maybe someday maybe someday maybe someday you know Never stop dreaming, kids. If I have to preach anything that sticks with anyone on this podcast right now, it's never stop dreaming. (laughs) We'll call it that one then. Um, All right, Madison, here we go. Okay, my first question for Brady is if you – okay, so you are in quarantine right now, as is everybody else. What is one activity that you've been doing that people may not guess about you, like that you'd be interested in? Um, Oh, man. I'm doing like all the normal stuff. Like I'm trying to be active, um, working out as much as I can, playing guitar when I'm bored. So I've, I've earlier today, I like looked up like YouTube videos on like learning how to play piano. My parents have a piano Ugh. and I, ha- I used to have a keyboard. It's actually in my old room. I'm in my parents' house. They have a bigger house and I basically turned everything off in my apartment, took everything out of it that I needed. And so all the bills at my apartment are much cheaper than if I was staying there. And also I just don't want to be by myself right now. I want to have people to talk to. So I just went and crashed at my parents' house. Um, so I'm going to try and learn how to play piano. Cause I always told myself that I'd learn how to play. And now there's really no excuses. We can't fucking do anything. So yep, <laughs> can't go anywhere. So might as well, might as well try to learn how to play piano or maybe learn a different language. I don't know. Like yeah. we have plenty of time. Like I'm reading a bunch of books I got a bunch of audio books. I've got a bunch of hardcover books that I bought. So boring stuff. Like I'm not that interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, if I had a piano, I would totally learn how to play it. That's my dream to learn how to play piano. So I'm super jealous you have that. Keyboards aren't that expensive. So if you really want to <laughs> learn, like just, I guess, go, go get one. Keyboard. Okay. My second question for you is if you could go back to any because obviously everybody knows Brady is an OU fan if you could go back to any OU football game that you actually attended in person what was the most memorable one and why oh I think the easy answer would be the 08 OU Tech game when they were ranked number two and they came to Norman and OU kicked their ass and the jump around game you know everybody dance that was obviously fun um in a weird way, the most fun I've ever had at a game, and I'm sorry, I'm really sorry, but it was 2010 OU OSU in Stillwater. And it was just, it was because of the end, like OU threw like an 80 yard pass to James Hanna. And there was like three or four minutes left in the game. It was 80 yard pass. He scores a touchdown to go up 41, 35. And then all the OSU fans started like leaving the, the stadium. I almost said the arena. They, they started leaving the, the stadium. Well, then OU kicks off, and then OSU returns the kick, you know, 100 yards to tie it back at 41. And then you could just see all these legions of orange-clad people just running back to their seats. And I was just nervous as hell, and it was freezing cold. And I'm like, oh, God, there's no way in hell Landry Jones is going to lead like a two-minute drill, you know, drive to win the game. And then two plays later, he throws another 80-yard pass. Like, it was just a 10-yard pass that turned into a 70-yard run. And that was probably the most fun I've had at a game just because I was hugging strangers. Like I just, (laughs) like I was in the OU section and like anybody wearing red, I just like hugged and just high-fived everybody. So that's probably the most fun that I had. Nice, nice. That's fun. I'm sorry. I I didn't, I didn't want to pick an OSU game. Oh no, it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Like I completely understand. Um, Okay. My final question for Brady is, okay. 
So when I start this question, it's going to sound cliche, but just like, like hear me out. If you were trapped on a desert island and you could own, okay, it, no, bring only three movies to watch for the rest of your life. Like, I didn't say you could only bring, because you can have whatever you want, but you okay. could bring only three movies to watch for the rest of your life, because that's what I've been doing in this quarantine is just watching movies. Yeah. What three movies would you never get tired of, and why? Okay, so JFK by Oliver Stone is one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's like, I have the director's cut on DVD, and it's like four hours long with bonus with bonus material so probably that um it's a big conspiracy theory like about who murdered who who assassinated jfk so it's like you know my brain can like go off into space with that so jfk um brahm stoker's dracula francis ford coppola that's one of my uh if anyone ever asked me, like, do you have a favorite, like, which no one ever does, but if somebody asked me what's your favorite, like, romance movie, I would say this. Um, it's not really a horror movie to me, um, but I just like it. Gary Oldman's one of my favorite actors. And Good. then and then probably um, oh, Shawshank, because it's, oh, it's, it's one of those movies that if it's on, I'll just put it, like, if I'm watching TV, because before Quarantine Life, I didn't really ever watch TV. Uh, but if it was on, I would always put it on. And no matter like where, how far it, it was into the movie, I pretty much just always finished it. So those three movies, because they're all like three hours long. So you, you yeah. need to like kill time if you're on a deserted island, I guess. So those three movies are mine. Nice. Those are good. I love The Shawshank. That's one of my favorite movies ever. So yes, The Shawshank. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can all climb through or swim through like a river of shit and come out clean as a whistle on the other side. <laughs> with this, Yeah, that's uh, my dream. Yeah, then I'll uh, live in Mexico and clean boats for the rest of my life. Oh, man. That ending's so... It's so sweet, but it's so sad. It is sad. I'm like, oh, best friends. So nice. sweet. <laughs> well, well, Madison, um, I don't know how often we'll do these. Um, obviously, if news you know, comes up, I'm sure I'll be like, can you podcast? And then you'll be like, um, no, I'm busy. Oh, wait. Yeah, I'm no, not wait, busy. No, wait, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no today when you text me i was like uh yeah i'm not doing anything tonight <laughs> sweet sweet well um is meredith still there with you meredith is not she stayed for three days yeah like three days three nights and then she left this morning and uh, yeah but meredith. i think i'm actually gonna go back and see my family like tomorrow or thursday okay okay well madison please be safe well, thank you uh, bring some sanitizer and wash your hands. Everybody out there, wash your hands. And uh, um, if you're listening on the podcast, because um, obviously I'll put this up as soon as possible, but I'm recording this on Zoom and I haven't really ever done that before. I'm going to see if I can put out the video of us. So just to have something else, you know, out there that people can watch or listen to. Uh, so look for that. If I figure it out, I will, of course, let everybody know on Twitter. But uh, uh, for Miss Madison Morris, it's Brady Trantham. Thank you for listening to OKC82. We'll try and do this maybe a few times a week, maybe once a week. It just depends. But we'll try and put something out there for you all to enjoy. So, uh, everybody, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you later.